0: For years, he's walked all over me, trying to get ahead, I snapped. Snap. I rose from my chair and began pacing, unsure whether to keep listening or throw my Jimmy Chews at the tiny backstage monitor. But what about the particular moment triggered your anger? Danny Logan, the UK's top TV interviewer, questioned. You were live on television on New Year's Eve and you had the crowd rocking. What caused you to turn on your brother like that? Drewbrook shifted awkwardly under Danny's stare i saw him in front of me on the stage getting all the glory pretending he's the one behind our music i couldn't take it any more new year was supposed to be a new start for us but he's still the same arrogant selfish b- person he's always been The sense of dread that had settled in my stomach since I found out this gimmick was going ahead had exploded into full-blown rage, and my temples throbbed with the tension. A few deep breaths eased the pain, and I tuned out of the interview, unable to take any more. I should have stayed at home, but no matter how much I hated this fabrication, I couldn't say no when Drew asked me to go along for support. That's what best friends do, right? The ten minutes before Drew re-entered the dressing room dragged on forever. When he stepped through the door, sweat glistening on his face from the studio lights. My glare stopped him in his tracks. I can't believe you went through with that. If I don't do as I'm told, I don't get paid. Drew gave a half-hearted attempt at a grin. My lips remained in a tight, thin line and he sighed. Come on, Ellie. What was I supposed to do? Go on TV and admit that it's all a lie. It's not all a lie. This stuff happens. This is your life. You can't blurt out years' worth of Jason's issues as if they don't hurt you. This is dangerous, Drew. You're reading too much into it. Drew tugged a towel out of his bag and wiped the sweat from his face with slightly more vigour than necessary. You knew I'd be asked about him tonight. That was the plan, Remember? The plan is for Derek to get rich by using your past as entertainment. If this works, we'll all benefit. Derek will finally get paid for putting up with us and we'll get a real chance at making it in the music business. Brazos Hells manager Derek Richmond was everything I hated. Not content with securing a much coveted spot on TV on New Year's Eve for the boys, he had to take it a step further and create controversy. You're in a rock band, he said. People expect this kind of explosive behaviour and you have to give the people what they want. Instead of letting them make their mark on the music industry through their talent, he dragged them down to his sleazy, get-rich-quick level. Bloody stupid Derek. I don't care about Derek. I care about what this might do to you. When you were talking tonight, you didn't make that stuff up. Do you honestly think Jason won't see what I saw? Why do you assume he watched? The note of bitterness in Drew's voice didn't pass me by, and his tone only proved my point. Whether he realised or not, after one week of Derek's scheme, Drew's well-buried resentment about always being the one to clean up Jason's messes had already risen to the surface. Although the New Year incident was as fake as page three model's boobs, the Brooks brothers had more than their fair share of crap to throw at each other, and Drew had just flung his first handful. It was still a risk, I said. A stupid risk. Well, maybe it's my turn to be stupid. Maybe it's my turn to be selfish. He shrugged off his shirt and pulled on a clean one. He'd actually dressed up for the occasion. He'd swapped his usual black t-shirts and jeans for, well, a black button-up shirt and jeans, but still, he'd made an effort. My eyes lingered on his torso for a second. I tore my gaze away before I had chance to take in the light scattering of hair across his chest, his strong arms and his soft, slightly pudgy stomach that made his hugs infinitely more comfortable than being pressed against hard, ripped abs. Okay, I took it all in, and it annoyed me. There's nothing worse than swooning over someone you're angry with. So what's the plan for tonight? I asked banishing those thoughts to the little compartment of my brain I'd kept especially for those thoughts, since they first fluttered into my consciousness. Developing feelings for one of my oldest friends was right up there with moonwalking on the sun on my list of things I thought were never gonna happen. Yet there I stood, shamelessly ogling him with his shirt off. How would you feel about watching a movie in my hotel room? Drew's question shook me from my thoughts. You promised to buy me dinner. I will buy you dinner, but in my room, not at a restaurant, unless you really want to go out. His deep brown eyes flickered. A silent plea I wouldn't make him face the journalist who'd followed us around since we arrived in London. He wasn't used to the craziness of the spotlight yet, and I had more experience of being shunted out of the way by crazy fangirls than blinded by camera flashlights. No... Room service and a bottle of wine is enough for me. Actually, room service and wine was better. London had plenty of fantastic restaurants, but for a country girl like me, none of them compared to the quirky cafes back home in Cornwall. Plus, I didn't have to get dressed up to spend the evening in Drew's room. I could take off my one pair of trendy shoes that squished the life out of my toes and slip into my tracky bottoms and a hoodie. Drew had seen me at various levels of disgustingness over the years. He wouldn't judge me for drinking wine in my lazy clothes. Mainly because he still viewed me as the scabby-kneed kid who dropped into his life when I was seven years old instead of the 24-year-old woman who stood in front of him now. Drew pulled me into a one-armed hug, a gesture of thanks for not pushing him to deal with his issues. I tilted my head to look up into his eyes. You're welcome. A small appreciative smile crossed his lips. Come on, Els. Let's get out of here. Flashy London hotel rooms shouldn't have been allowed to reach such low temperatures. With the heater on and wearing a t-shirt, a baggy jumper, jeans and thick socks, I still couldn't get warm. Drew added to the frosty atmosphere, pacing around while he waited for Jason to join us. Once he'd finished his drink in the bar, of course. While we waited, I pulled out my sketch pad and some pencils from my bag. I made my living as an artist, a job that gave me satisfaction in every way. My need to be creative made me too restless for a desk job, and the idea of a 9 to 5 caused me to break out in a cold sweat. Once I gained my degree, I began to sell my work to art galleries in and around St Ives. Shivers still broke out on my skin when I spotted my art in the windows of harbourside galleries and my small amount of local success allowed me the luxury of taking a step back to work at my own pace. I tapped my pencil against the blank page, waiting for the muse to strike. Difficult, since Drew's nervous energy zapped at my concentration. I should have been working on the first draft of some illustrations for a children's book, a story about a rabbit that gets lost in a supermarket. The thought of landing a job I'd wanted for so long made me giddy, Illustrating a children's book had been a dream of mine since childhood, when I used to illustrate my own, somewhat lame works of fiction. I hoped to be a writer what Quinton Blake was to Roald Dahl. Of course, the chances of that were slimmer if I couldn't make a damn bunny appear on the paper. Instead, I began to sketch the outline of a face. With no one in mind, I let my pencil do the work. As the face began to take shape, female, with huge curious eyes. There was a knock at the door. As he strode into the room, he grinned. His long hair, dyed dark brown with purple highlights and hints of his natural blonde at the roots, was tied back for once, and a crisp white shirt and black trousers clung to his slim frame. Unlike Drew, Jason thrived off his new popularity. Regardless of what Drew and I did, Jason had probably already called some of his city buddies to hit the town, as if his biggest screw-ups hadn't been exposed to the world. For the millionth time, I couldn't help but wonder how he and Drew could possibly be related. Drew eyed his brother subtly, as if he didn't care whether Jason had watched the interview or not, his stance way too rigid to be carefree. You okay? Jason asked. Drew gave a single nod. Yeah. Did you watch? Of course. I was only in the bar because it's cheaper than cracking open the fridge in my room, and you took 40 minutes to get back here from the studio. Well, that's London for you. I placed my sketchpad on the bed. So what did you think? I think our album sales are about to go up again. Money, money, money. No concern for his brother. No question about how he felt. What? Didn't you think it went well? Across the room, Drew gave me an I told you so, look. And I said, Drew made that feud believable, but I still think the whole thing is a terrible idea. A spectacular understatement. Every tortuous incident Drew had mentioned during his interview had wrapped around all of us, choking the life out of what we used to be and moulding us into the people we'd become. Somehow, we'd come through those rough spots, but this rehashing of events we'd all rather have forgotten was a harsh and unwelcome reminder of the hell we'd been through. ''Relax, Ellie,'' Jason said beside me and slung his arm around my shoulders. ''We've got it under control.'' Maybe he thought he had this under control. Drew most certainly didn't. I ducked out from under Jason's arms and stared into the curious eyes I'd drawn. They didn't have the answers either. So I picked up a pencil and continued shading, bringing more life to her inquisitive features. Drew, did you ask Ellie about next week? No, not yet. Thought she might have had enough of us today. I lifted my head. "'I've known you for seventeen years. I'm still here, aren't I?' The smile drew through me awoke the butterflies in my stomach, and I silently begged them to go back to sleep so I could speak. "'Crazy woman, do you want to come to Scotland with us next week?'